0: Hey everybody, welcome back to You Can't Win, this is Tom here and I'm joined by Don as usual. Today we have returning guests, John, V, and Leo, the Pimp Chronicles boys, they're back and we're just going to be chatting with them a bit, see how things are going. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've talked to them, so uh, yeah, how are you guys doing?
1: We're good. good, man. I'm like cinnamon
2: on toast. Oh yeah. I'm like creamed honey on toast with a little bit of hazelnut spread. That's how I'm. Oh gonna that sounds right. good. Yeah. <laughs> We so are having a test. grand old time. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a big sugary indulgent mess. That's what quarantine's <laughs> turned me into.
1: <laughs> are you guys holding up over the late quarantine? You guys putting on weight? You guys packing on muscle, prison style? You going? You starving <laughs> from your your unemployment? What's going on?
0: I'm doing okay here. I'm I'm taking. Walks regularly, and I'm trying to work out and stuff. Um, I I've I put been putting on weight the past couple of years. I'm I'm still not like big big, but definitely got a little bit of a pooch and um, trying to not have that inflate too much. So I'm just I'm holding I'm holding down the fort
3: basically. Yeah, yeah.
1: Not big, just eating good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Just me. laughs>
3: eating good. Yeah, I've actually been going for probably more walks than usual and stuff like that. But, like, uh, no, I need to, yeah, I I, I don't know. I need to exercise a bit more or something like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't even have much of an excuse because this is just like, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm normally locked down. So, like, it's just, uh, there's not like a lot going on. Like, I should, I should be on top of this. But, yeah, I don't know. Eating a lot of pasta and stuff. Yeah.
0: I got to say, I'm loving quarantine life with just, Spend yeah. the whole day in my pajamas or whatever and, uh, <coughs> you know, don't have to go anywhere.
2: Yeah, I've become such a piece of shit. It's horrible. and <laughs> <laughs> Like, I've, I've gotten Stockholm Syndrome. Like, I really love the quarantine lifestyle now. And, like, yeah. exercise has helped me, like, convince myself that I'm staying productive. Like, as long as I exercise and do a little bit of creative work and some reading, then I can just fuck off for the other nine empty hours of the day. And like research the sandwich with my old Columbia login on Oxford English books online. <laughs> that's the yeah, yeah. that's the depth that I've hit, actually. Yeah,
0: <laughs> seeing the protests, I'm thinking about the second wave. I'm just like, bring it on, you know? I'm ready.
2: <laughs> yeah, that. hell yeah, dude. Let's have a second <laughs> wave. I've never wanted it to be real until now.
3: <laughs> so, how was uh, living in the Bronx during all of this going? Now with the protests and that.
2: I've actually been burrow hopping. I, uh, a few weeks ago, I jumped ship from the Bronx and quarantined with my girlfriend here in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, in fact. But uh, the Bronx, while I was there, was uh, hitting like a fever pitch of sorts. Like, there were a lot less people in masks. There was just, like, every few hours, I would just hear somebody screaming in the streets, like a, like a lunatic. Just sort of like, ah! Ah! Just... <laughs> but like with without any kind of attack happening, without any signifier
0: <laughs> and that's unusual in new york yes yes that <laughs> no.
2: that is unusual, at least in the Bronx. Uh, yeah, I was going to all the food banks, and they're like they've like developed these like little crime syndicate s groups that kind of like swarm the food banks and like sort of line up in a group of twenty and like back a pickup truck right into the food bank, so things are getting brutal <laughs>
3: wow were you out like uh, at all at the protests and stuff or is it just
2: i have been miserably absent from them i've been loving my stupid quarantine life so much i feel i feel kind of bad about
1: it
3: on the other hand
2: it's a bit of a young man's game isn't it
3: yeah
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i uh i drove i drove by the the really small protest i just don't i i can't get arrested right now because i'm waiting on some other charges
3: yeah yeah oh, right. I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean i mean i'm just like you know some fat dumbass kind of thing like i feel like if i was at a protest i would just i don't know wobble around and be like i write jokes online sometimes and stuff you know like i don't know <laughs> wouldn't have much <laughs> contribute to the insurgency or whatever so well yeah you're smart though so you could come up with some good rhyming
1: chants yeah
2: that's our only use in this fucking protest we're basically like ad jingle men for the revolution
1: <laughs> yeah i remember yeah. rush limbaugh making fun of the fact that or i don't know if it was rush limbaugh or, or or gavin McInnes making fun of the fact that every protest they do the same hey hey you you bad bad don't do. It. Don't do. It. <laughs> we, need a new, yeah. we need a new melody for our protest anthems. Like, no, oh, no. Hey, hey. This <laughs> is the wrong way. <laughs>
2: yeah, throw a little Gary Glitter cadence on it. It's good. Oh, Gary Glitter,
1: colleague of mine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My esteemed colleague, Mr. Glitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was the first person to release a song that got people to think: What if a song was just the sound of people reacting to a song? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you saw Joker, whatever, with with the that was that was featured heavily in it.
2: Oh yeah, which I I feel like I mean. It's it's been like a glaring absence from culture ever since they stopped playing it at sports games. It really is. It's the it's the best sports song. It's like pure it is, yeah. yelling yeah. Neanderthal stupidity. It's great. <laughs> Chugging power chords, single power chord.
1: <laughs> really, the only one that matches it is uh, Zombie Nation. You know, tink <laughs> tink, tink tink, zombie, zombie. Zombie so Nation. <laughs> <Deja. laughs>
2: I don't know it, but I'm enjoying your rendition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, guess, yeah,
1: yeah. You're selling me on it. Yeah, you really it's selling. A, it's a beloved sports song. A, <laughs> if Evan was here, he could tell you all about it. <laughs> Evan sends his regards. The
2: third pimp is absent again. He ordered his recording equipment like after our last appearance, and it still hasn't arrived.
0: Oh, that's all right. We'll just build up the hype. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shit. We have a podcast man. that doesn't exist,
2: so that's
1: cool. Who is this man with no voice? But his podcast is <laughs> it's it. real. Yeah. All the listeners,
3: yeah. All the listeners have like their notepads out and they're just circling Evan and then <laughs> writing question marks. <part. laughs> what? Like, what is it? <laughs> Who <could that> be? <laughs> yeah. The head of the
1: snake, right? Oh <laughs> uh, speaking of the head of the snake. Did you guys that's hear Wexner. that france killed uh the head of al-qaeda in the great ter sahara uh no
0: i didn't hear that but that's no. great i guess they i mean they, <laughs> they're able to do that every year or so so the the annual
1: al-qaeda killing that's great yeah they got uh abdel malik in northern mali and uh just before um they were complaining about the other uh jihadist group being mean to them, the the Al Qaeda. They were like, They're arresting us, we're brothers, you can't do that. So obviously the French paid off the other local Malian Islamists to find this guy and they neutralized him in French term. <laughs> it, it's aerated his ass. But if if you look it up, he's a very funny looking guy. He's got these these um, ziggurat shaped teeth that come they come out of his mouth like the pyramid, and they're very yellow. Just a, a very funny looking man.
0: Man, they're really <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah. these days. Remember the fat
1: guy that they picked up? Oh yeah, the big boy. The, he yeah, was, he like the minister <laughs> of finance or something like that. Yeah, I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah. These don't sound like real threats to our security or anything. I don't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know really what's going on in Libya. I know it's like things are popping off, but there's so much other stuff going on. I feel like you can just have a little civil war <laughs> and fly yeah. under the radar. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah.
2: Hard to be a marquee war in the Middle East, truly.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be uh, terrifying if that's uh, what Trump does to try to pull it out of the fire and like october or something i don't know just picks a country on a map at random <laughs> and, and is like you know we're at war with Colombia uh, columbia now or something they're like well didn't expect that but now he gets 60 percent of the vote you know <laughs> new york times endorses him just yeah.
0: put hillary in charge you know get her you know she can't resist so just get her to
3: pick a country and
0: invade it and then blame her after it goes south yeah. you know I'm still expecting Trump to win by the way. I know people are looking at it now like, oh, you know, people are really against Trump and stuff. I'm still expecting that.
2: I think those people are underestimating the power and number of votes of the people who re- received a check and then a letter from Donald Trump
1: talking about the <laughs> check.
2: <laughs> it really hammers at home as long as you get it twice, you know.
1: I can't believe like how little Democrats have done in the in the the last few weeks i feel like this is gonna be the lowest turnout election in years people are just gonna think oh well i could go vote but i i could also stay home and um convert, smoke cigarettes and watch TV convert and watch. legal hemp into uh an rso cbd tincture and sell <laughs> that to my friends
0: <laughs> yeah bernie too he's been i mean it's not just like biden and all those people it's uh bernie has kind of been disappeared too like rest in peace to bernie did he is he alive is yeah. anyone yeah, checked i do
1: where is he
2: i uh, see him get retweeted sometimes like a canceled you know politics poster
4: Sorry yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah he that released some sort alive.
3: of yeah some statement about like uh you know I don't know. He's been doing his thing as normal, but there's no like traction at all. So the news doesn't cover it at all, you know? And uh, he released a thing the other day saying that like, I don't know, like one small thing of what he said was that the police need to have salaries that make sure they're like professionals or something like that kind of thing, which means that like in small towns or whatever, they should be paid well or something. That was just it. Anyway, so everyone kind of latched on that and was like, we don't need to pay the police more or whatever. And it's like, he's just like, I don't know, it's the same as like Corbin. He's just some nice reformist guy who is going to say, give more money to everyone. So it's not like, I don't know, but people are kind of turning that into a Bernie is dead now because he loves the police or something. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Just let, and let him do his thing. That's something that,
1: uh, that guy, Chris Arnott, who wrote the, um, shit what did he write front front row back row america i don't want to i don't want to scramble it because he follows me on twitter and he's a he's a good guy dignity he did like a photo book and, and he just talked to 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 poor people around the country in in mcdonald's and stuff and he was talking about how when he asked about the police none of like the the poor in the downtrodden never said they wanted the police to not exist they just wanted them to effectively police where they lived instead of you know randomly busting heads and killing people and messing up lives which is I mean I'd, I'd say that would be the same thing Bernie Sanders is asking for it's just like he wants to reform you can't you don't you don't jump from uh some decadent liberal thing without reforms that don't go far enough first you don't just jump from this to full-on communism you actually have to try to fix this and succeed in trying and then have it fail in the end that's that's what people don't see
2: it's a culture of instant gratification man you can't have your revolution that easily all these kids on their phones
1: (laughs) yeah This is a cell phone that means you talk to it and you go to jail <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah I don't know it's a that's one of the there was actually an article about this I read uh before where um they were talking about how a lot of the crime bill stuff and anti gun stuff and a lot of the you know stuff that ended up feeding into mass incarceration was promoted within. Uh, black communities and stuff like that by black, black community leaders and stuff and it was because you know it it, it was like no, no no we are terrified of crime too and stuff it's like destroying our communities and stuff so uh, that it's funny because that doesn't fit neatly into the narrative a lot of the time kind of thing it's like you know the, the fact that now it, it, the strategy didn't work and it's not like you know it doesn't mean that it's it's good just because the community itself supported it but it's like yeah i don't know there's there's just some i don't know anytime that the opinion changes too quickly on something and kind of like uh becomes like a new thing that if you say anything against it it's like sounds crazy i get like i don't know i get very antsy i don't know yeah so yeah and this is the most
2: glaring example of that i think yeah it's kind of yeah. It's 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 really piling on the the psychosis for me. This sort of <laughs> endless endless beratement I'm receiving, sort of anonymously, like the tweets that pop into my fucking feed from the algorithm seem like they're tailored to yell at me. I get like tweets screaming about white Latinos kissing white ass and <laughs> all in caps, <laughs> raving a hundred thousand likes. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, the, the legs are out of control. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> this is the yeah.
2: gratification in light culture, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of
0: reminded of that thing like Zizek talks about where it's like what you need to do now is like learn, like not just act, that kind of thing. And I think a lot of people are just jumping to like, I know the answer. I know the answer. And it's like, I don't think anyone just knows the answer right now, you know? I mean be out there and protest and stuff but I, I i don't think like everyone's like galaxy brain take on like oh well this is the problem with this solution and, and the actual answer is this other thing or whatever i don't know i i just don't put a lot of stock in that it's things are changing so fast now like yeah. who knows you know
3: well and as they change so fast then uh people who are sort of emotionally invested in being the most radical have to sort of skip ahead of where they were a few weeks ago, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then be like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) uh, well, you know, abolish the police doesn't go far enough. We need to, uh, you know, abolish Abolish the fire department. (laughs) 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 Abolish the calendar and whatnot. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, what do you guys think of the whole idea of, uh, you know, there seems to be kind of debates about this with abolish the police is going to lead to private police and uh, private security firms and all this kind of stuff, and that it'll actually be worse than having state-run police departments.
1: The, I've seen the libertarians gleefully jump onto this. I just don't think it's going to happen. And all these abolish slogans are are pointless and they're counterproductive. Yeah. Um, I heard a really, I heard a good piece of business jargon the other day where he said that a lot of people were christmas treeing their ideas like now that things are all ups upside down everybody's just being like oh this idea of mine i'm gonna put it up here this plan i'm gonna put that up here and this we're gonna change this we're gonna put that at the very top and then we're gonna plug in and it's gonna be perfect but it's i i don't know i just don't i don't think that i don't think that anything the all all the the say a plan is serious enough to have somebody make a picture with text on it instead of it actually being text you can read you know that that status of the idea (laughs) the the pictures of text are just like this looks like a few people will make money doing de-escalation training for police and uh nothing much else is going to happen
3: yeah yeah well I kind of feel like the, uh, abolish the police stuff. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it doesn't even really matter to me the, what people think about this either way. Like, it's not like, I don't know. I'm kind of feel like I'm over arguing really, uh, hard about these kind of things. Cause it's like, I don't have any personal control over it. Is this going to happen or not? I don't like, I'm not going to be the difference on this kind of thing. Right. So, but yeah. like, uh, you know, the thing that is kind of annoying to me is that like, it's becoming almost like the Medicare for all thing where everyone seems to be in favor of it, but they mean 10 different things. Yeah, And, and like, uh, the thing with that is that you see people, uh, you know, like for years abolish of the police to me was, it was like anarchists and, um, sort of like far left people who meant it like pretty, pretty clearly. They meant like you know, the police are illegitimate and we should not let them do what they do and all that kind of stuff. Right. And now I see so many things that are like, you know, oh, these trolls think that we mean get rid of the police right away. But really, you know, the people that write on this stuff, I've always said that we want to, it's like a long process of changing our priorities and all that stuff. And I'm like, no anarchist thought it was a long process of changing their priorities. <laughs> they thought it was if the you know the police come to your door, you should tell them to screw off or something like that. It wasn't like uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like there's a there's a there's a big gap between you are illegitimate and you're illegitimate. But you know for the next ten years you'll just. You know, work a few hours less each month or something like that. Like I don't know. Like so, you'll be on a yeah. probationary period. Under yeah, taper a
1: the police. Term. Yeah, <laughs> and these are six new rules you have to follow. That's what a boss, yeah. the police means
0: <laughs> Yeah, I kind of like, like the w- idea of like the most rat, like having the most radical statement. Like when you're just shouting it in the street or whatever, it's like the most revolutionary. Thing you can think of but then what you mean by it is like the most reformist thing you can think of. <laughs> i think that's probably a very good strategy to go with
3: yeah yeah i don't know uh, but it does create that like competition for you know as as tom would maybe call it within the herbal left or whatever like it's like you kind of have to you know the people that uh sort of staked out the radical chic position of abolish the police months ago Uh, and feel like they're kind of being outstripped by reality have to then kind of think where are we going to go from here you know and uh, so they have to kind of nitpick with the debate and then go further or something somehow so I'm kind of interested to see where that will go like where the radical chic will kind of go beyond abolish the police into some sort of thing about like I don't know I don't even know where it would go but yeah. So. Just like
0: balkanize the United States or something. <laughs> like states' yeah, rights. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <So. laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, crazy times. I'm sure like w- w- all this will be dwarfed by whatever the next crisis is sure. next month. I mean, yeah. who knows? Aliens land and then we're just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're fighting the revolution against sure, like, sure. XCOM style. <laughs> oh man, I hated
1: Star Wars. Now I gotta do it? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: People exactly. are going to be arguing we need like female leadership to de- you know, defeat the alien <laughs> armies and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> no alien bomb the ghetto or something, yeah. Like, <laughs> people who would join them and stuff and yeah. Actually, Attack
1: the Block is one of the worst movies because it's saying that aliens would target some of the most marginalized communities rather than centers of power, such as banking and financial buildings in downtown (laughs) districts. Yeah, I really didn't appreciate
2: the anti-alien sentiments in that film, to be frank. Really rubbed me the wrong way. That's a yikes.
0: Have you guys seen the new XCOM game? So, you know, the old XCOM games, they were always like, you just viciously exterminate the aliens they're you know they're mindless like just demonic kind of things but the new game is like 10 years after you've liberated earth from the alien occupation or whatever and now it's like a mixed kind of multicultural thing so there's like aliens living with the humans and they're like wearing human clothes and there's even like some scene where there's like an alien that like works as like a stripper or whatever to show like you know there there's even like kind of like you know ghettoized aliens and all this kind of stuff so it, <laughs> you know, i can just kind of see the alien invasion happens and then there's people arguing for like you know oh we need to live together and you know don't uh, don't be anti-alien you know be racist against them all that kind of stuff
1: just because the aliens pheromones <laughs> cause strokes doesn't mean we should disinclude them from our meetings. We simply need biological barriers between us, <laughs> but not <laughs> mental <laughs> barriers. Don't be xenophobic. Yeah, Don't yeah. be xenophobic. Don't resist the hive mind link up. Although I guess
0: <laughs> xenophobic is already a term. We need a new one.
1: Uh yeah. 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 What is it? what do they call um what do they call aliens in the 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 Heinlein book, Starship Troopers? Oh, bugs. Yeah, it's just like, don't be bugophobic, man. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Where do you guys stand on uh, alien invaders? Do you think uh, do you think we should welcome them with open arms, or should we neutralize them upon contact?
0: I'm am I'm staying out of I stay out of everything. I'm just doing my thing. I'm gonna just be trolling people on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. you know, making little nice meals for myself at home, playing Civilization <laughs> Six, making my salat, That's all I'm doing.
2: Yeah, man, quarantine forever. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm all
0: about the the thousand year Reich of uh, of quarantine.
2: Yeah, I did my stint in the Bronx. Now I'm just quarantined here, and I think about nice dinners I can make, and then I get stoned <laughs> and fuck them up.
0: have you had any fun adventures with uh with stone cooking like that
2: oh yeah yeah like the like the moment i uh got here i i made shakshuka in an oven for the first time because this is a much nicer apartment than my hovel in the bronx that is surrounded by screaming men and uh, when i took the uh pan out i forgot that you know things in the oven are hot so I just burned all the fucking skin off of my left hand.
3: No, man.
1: Uh, I hope that's not the hand that you jack up with. <laughs> it actually is. It's, a, it's terrible. It's been, I didn't know uh, you were left-handed, man. I'm left-handed, too. That's good to know.
2: Yeah, that means we're, we're, we're creative. These were indigo children, you and I. Oh. That's why we're so good at oh. broadcasting.
1: Oh, <laughs> man. Did I ever tell you guys about my, my great idea for... It's called the Indigo Child Ambulance. And it's, <laughs> no. it's
2: like a like the Hasidic like uh, like sect ambulance that only picks up Jewish people.
1: Yeah, and the, yeah. The, the the flashing light is indigo, and it picks up indigo children when they're feeling stressed out because people are, are they're talking too loudly and have like yeah. bad energy in public. Yeah, yeah, so they're like just, inflaming their dial, empathy.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You dial seven one seven seven one. <laughs> and it's it just it, it's got a different siren too and it's more like yeah it's like it's
2: like the guy from erasure yeah
1: yes 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 and you just you slide back and it's so comfortable back there they play uh, massage massage parlor music that just <laughs> soft chimes with the bird songs
2: yeah and they have like the chinese like framed waterfall glowing in the background
1: <laughs> oh god those are art how do you those how are do beautiful do how, do you, how do you make water flow in inside a pen
2: i don't know man that that's why they're the chinese you know <laughs> <laughs> that's why they they've, call they've, them
1: the chinese That is why they call them the Chinese.
2: (laughs) That's my David Mamet line of this podcast. Thank
0: you. See, this is the kind of like concrete policy recommendations we need instead of (laughs) abolishing the police, you know? Yeah,
1: seriously. (laughs) You need cogent arguments, man. Change police uniforms on a seasonal basis to (laughs) reinvest in American (laughs) garment manufacturing
2: yeah bring back fashion night out with just cops that's basically what soho is right now you know
1: (laughs) what do you guys think about these um these uh the the counter protesters with the the fake delta force gear do you think that's pretty cool
2: (laughs) oh yeah all those violent fans of les claypool just walking around with spiked bats it's fucking terrifying (laughs) <laughs> i want
0: i don't know if i should say this like we can cut this out but I, people should false flag as those guys and start shooting at the cops and like start <laughs> a war between no that, they yeah. leave that this was, in that was,
2: absolutely that is an amazing was, idea Tom. That was, that was, <laughs> i have yeah. I, I, i'm
0: basically i'm of two mind like i have <laughs> one idea which is like cops should have like should be deathly afraid of everything like they should we should be IEDing them they should be scared of walking by parked cars and like oh my god there's a garbage bag on the ground there like they need to have severe ptsd so that they just have to like stay home and they're just terrified of everything but then i'm also like oh but we also need to be like really forgiving and merciful we need to offer them like a way out of like this kind of evil lifestyle and stuff so we we have to be able to like terrorize them on one end and then offer them like mercy on the other side
3: so i yeah i I don't know i'm completely schizophrenic on this that's
1: the carrot and the stick
3: i guess so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I, i i like i'll talk to tom about like peace building and the need for like to try to find some way to reach across uh divisions without just surrendering and all that but then i like see a picture of like groups of police and i'm like you know a mortar round could really do some damage right there, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. stephen paddock number two yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> electric so. boogaloo <laughs> so i don't know i feel like uh if a set of of bugs bunny style booby traps for the police would be one of the best ways to stop them if you were if you were a protester like you're, you paint a fake protest on a wall and you get the police <laughs> to do that. You know, when they, they bash the shields and they go, oh, 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 they, they try to charge the <laughs> protesters. Yeah. You get them all to run into, yeah, uh, they thwap into right a wall that. and there's like a, there's a, there's a little trip wire and they just fall into a pit on top of each other.
3: Yeah. 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 I, I like that. And then like, uh, you could like drop an anvil on them. From, yeah. You know yeah
2: oh yeah, you can put on a dress and lipstick you, and sort of lure them in seduce them
1: yeah. Oh, well yeah that's always gonna work <laughs> that's classic
2: you know i got that unlocked. that strategy
1: <laughs> that's what that i forget what um what, what that book is called but it's by that that russian aristocrat who was uh he was one of the people who killed rasputin and uh, he talked about how he and his friends would dress up as as women and go to the officers' clubs, like the the army officers' clubs, and seduce them. And then they'd be like, "Psych! I'm a guy." <laughs> <laughs> and they also all they were also into uh, like mysticism and occulticism. So like they'd go from getting fucked by a, an army officer to doing a séance to talk to. Ivan the Terrible, or whatever. (laughs) They're not like the the most annoying people on Twitter, but they were real aristocrats.
2: Yeah, they were inexplicably very powerful.
0: (laughs) Russia's a wild place, man. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's people without a culture, man. (laughs) They've struggled.
3: They were, like, commanding the war at the same time, like, sending hundreds of thousands of people to their deaths and then being, like, you know,
1: Hey boys! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't
3: know. You kind of wonder where that you know system of government went. You know, we could. It seems more efficient than what we've got now. I don't know. So
1: yeah, I, I something I did see on Twitter that was kind of funny was somebody posting emails from their boss who had never uh, encountered a situation that she couldn't like positive think her way out of in the in the in business terms like oh this is a win-win this is a you know the team's on the one yard line we got to push it through she's like well police violence is bad but police protect us and if we support the protesters do we also support and it just the cognitive dissonance of your general uh fully immersed in business type of person is pretty funny yeah. to witness
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah, it's cool to see them just be rendered totally irrelevant, like all their status and stuff just means yeah. nothing, you know.
3: <laughs> They're very confused. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, though, you got to have to figure out how uh, to get those kind of people, I don't know, like just changed or doing something different or figuring out the world different or something. I don't know, because there is a, like a tendency especially, I mean, I just see it on Twitter because that's where I spend a lot of time, but like of, uh, you know, people being like, it's like they're they're doing some sort of like Terminator scan, trying to figure out what the weaknesses of a person is to like, to know why they're the ultimate worst racist or something, you know, or like the ultimate worst person. And uh, it's like, I don't know, it's just like at the end of the day, you can just, it, you can easily prove someone is bad. I don't know, it's not like, but you kind of have to like, I don't know, you have to figure out, like any politician, any... Activist, any anyone kind of thing. They're like, it it gets this really weird groupthink thing where like they just try to, I don't know, pulverize people online and stuff. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. So this this person is bad,
1: obviously because they have an American flag in at their house. But what do you do from there? Like, what do you do once you established that the enemy is the enemy? (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
3: So I don't know. Uh, Yeah.
0: I think we should arrange like a little competition for them we get them on like uh on the beach on the atlantic ocean or whatever and just see who can swim the farthest from the shore and just keep going guys keep going keep going (laughs) and then uh you know whoever swims the farthest wins and then maybe they come back maybe they don't
2: (laughs) okay yeah a really good way to weed them out i like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: That's how you. That's how you get a second Atlantis, and I believe the woke Atlantis. Holy shit! Yeah, they all just
0: arrive at Atlantis, and they're like, "Wow, this was awesome. We found Atlantis. This place is great. Everyone's just like us. They think exactly like we do. It's it's perfectly peaceful and harmonious. (laughs) What a happy
1: land!" Mm. And thanks, and thanks to the high acidity in this ocean, the development of gills took mere months <laughs>
2: I think we got a sci-fi novel brewing here fellas this is pretty good
3: well it was actually a tie-in with Wonder Woman 2 they built a 400 billion dollar <laughs> island <laughs> as part of their marketing <laughs> and, uh... the world
1: development in Dubai that's that's the answer to this see <laughs> uh, if you say you win an election you get to govern the main country but you lose you get that piece of sand in dubai and you're allowed to do whatever you want there like nuclear missile um growing growing cocaine anything you want to do on the the pretend world off the coast of dubai that way you don't have the incumbent party so strong there's always going to be like a a joker type a jared Leto's joker type figure to come and cause trouble
0: yeah we, uh, speaking of which i think he jared leto is the guy that could be that so we need to keep an eye on him he's got that cult you know
1: we yeah. do oh yeah. yeah
2: i've always got yeah. eyes on jared leto man don't worry about <laughs> Jared
1: <laughs> uh, he's always got his eyes on something like um a giraffe's neck or maybe a, a birch tree something very narrow because his eyes are very closely set together <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah he's always up to something that guy I don't
1: know. He, he, he honestly has some kind of nexium sex cult but no i don't know too much about it what like a multi-level
2: marketing scheme cult or like an actual sex cult
1: it's a real it's like a real women's empowerment sex cult that he <laughs> runs he's one of those entertainment figures with the spooky ties and he's the, like the, the less talented entertainers who stick around despite not being very good and then you figure yeah out, oh. and they
2: try everything they do like acting rock band and uh, fucking sex cult you know just go down the list it's
1: a crazy day and it's a crazy night that's what i think crazy days and nights man
2: you've been on that tip a lot you've been they-
1: yeah, if anybody hasn't read that, CrazyDaysAndNights.net, they've got the best blind items in the world of gossip. He's uh, some kind of entertainment lawyer or music lawyer, and like half of his crazy blind items are true. My favorite one is the one about Steven Spielberg compiling a dossier of thousands of children and teenagers, supposedly for his Grease remake, but he's... He's uh, rumored to be a really noxious pedophile who's just a lot smarter than like the Epstein pedophiles. Like he's the guy who took his boat to the island so his name wouldn't be on the records. I think Spielberg is, he, he's, he's way too tuned into childhood innocence and like the, the stories that, that light up a child's mind to be an innocent man.
2: Yeah, I just assume that like every director who made a movie in the 80s is just a horrible pedophile.
1: That's a safe assumption, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think well, so. Well, I mean, some of them were just they were on a lot of coke at the time. They didn't they didn't know one from the other. I'm going to give That's true. That. Yeah. Let's cut some of them slack. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking everything and like, "Whoops, that was a kid." All
0: right,
3: well, let's move on.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah, speaking there's a this is a there was a a series of shows on the the usa network in the in the early 80s and they were all about like teens and younger kids doing whatever the most notorious one was about kids who inherit i don't know if it's their grandfather or their parents ice cream shop and um, they're on the beach and the show for some reason was shot in a a theater setting with the lights really bright on the cast wearing bikinis and stuff and the audience was just full of executives and writers and various hollywood pedophiles jacking off and they would take the cast members away to fuck them between takes like it was the the debauched hollywood gross shit at its peak the usa network they also brought you Denver, The Last Dinosaur. <laughs> it says it's an allegory for the, the, one of the only um, English samurais.
2: <laughs> I think I came within like narrow inches of that kind of culture when I moved to New York. I was like 17, and I had just like moved out of my car into an a, actual apartment. And uh, this guy at my gym, who was like really lascivious, and I was sure he was trying to pick me up, uh, named Dan Spinner gave me his card and asked me if I wanted to be in a nativity scene for like a party. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. so, so I go to 20 Green Street to some like fashion magazine party and I, I see a pen with other guys who are clearly under 18 and lying and they're all shirtless and I get shirtless too, and we all get oiled up and stand there for three hours in like a tableau vivant like nativity scene while all these extremely rich people wearing like more expensive clothes than I've ever seen in my life just like sip at Dom Perignon and like sort of stare at us listlessly.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, That's my first
2: New York City job, baby. <laughs>
0: at what point did that feel like there's something up here? This isn't right.
2: Oh, yeah, right when I got there. Yeah, when I saw all the teenage (laughs) boys oiled up in a pen like animals. I said, yep. And you were just like, shit. Yeah, I'm already here. (laughs) I already got a little ID badge. I'm going to wear it on my chest.
0: It's going to be one of those nights.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: It'd be better if it was like two hours in that you realize something was wrong something. Yeah, like wait a minute. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, this nativity scene doesn't seem accurate. You
2: know, <laughs> yeah,
1: everybody's half naked rip was was handcuffed and beaten with a <laughs> studded paddle. I don't I, I think it was a spear. I don't think it was a paddle. It's not accurate. Yeah,
2: yeah oddly enough uh, when I looked at that guy's resume after he had worked uh, he had catered for Hillary Clinton and so that's all I'm saying I'm just leaving that out there <laughs> uh, shocking <laughs> shocking
4: stuff
3: yeah in some alternate universe you could be her like secretary or something like that oh right? yeah that like, would have like, been in the br- life in the White man. House yeah. you could
1: be a male Huma Aberdeen and <laughs> yeah. uh since you, were, since you were tech savvy due to your, your use of internet forms, you could have advised her to stay on encrypted communications. <laughs> She'd fair. be the president. Bashar al-Assad well, would have been killed uh, about a week ago. Carlos um, Danger
2: would be free today texting teenagers without a care in the world.
1: Probably a, <laughs> some kind of nuclear exchange with Russia. I mean, I think we we'd just be having a, a good time. But <laughs> one thing I do want to say about these protests is that it it's it seems like the kids are having a really good time. So that's yeah, that's good. yeah,
2: that's why yeah. I've been wary of going like more than once because it seems like all these kids are having a great time. They all go to the same college, you know. <laughs> They yeah, like all lived yeah. in the same dorm for the past four years, of taking selfies together. I, I shouldn't be here. I feel like I'm at a dorm party. You know,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, is that a bad thing? Like, or, I mean, no, that's a good thing. It's a great thing. Everybody's just cooling out. Have they have they ever led to success, or does does every protest need to be like a violent clash? I don't know too much about the history of that.
0: I think it depends what else is going on, like around the protest. You know. I think that's the key thing. Not so much like the nature of the protests themselves.
2: Yeah. Um, I actually, yeah. Cause I was really active in the Eric Garner, Michael Brown shit when I was in college and, uh, it was nothing like this, like, because nothing else was going on. This is sort of like, you know, luxury protest thing almost, you know, like no one was getting beaten up. They weren't a honeypot for brutality. It wasn't like sacrilege to not go. Things were very different. I think now the fever pitch is really creating all of this dissonant discourse and,
1: not it's weird because it seems like police are they're they're more wary but i don't think they're more afraid because they seem to have reached like a level of constant terror after rodney king and then just every day before they go out there sergeants tell them that somebody with a sniper rifle is there's is probably going to kill them today so they're, they're not more afraid it's just like I I don't know if there's a, there's there's a strange in between feeling.
0: Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know what the, what the psychology of a cop is these days. It's very hard to get into the, into like see things from like what, I don't know, just to imagine their perspective, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They definitely see themselves as like a victim. I think.
1: Didn't you guys talk on a past episode about the, the cops and Weimar Germany who were just fighting the Nazis because it, what they were doing was against the law but they had no other ideology other than just being police it's just like this is against the law so I'm gonna stop it and that's that's really as far as their thinking went
3: yeah I remember what you're saying like Tom, Tom was saying that yeah that like uh, um, yeah I know what you mean uh, yeah I, I don't know it, yeah it's one of those things where you uh, yeah, the, the police seem to have gotten themselves down a weird road in like a cul-de-sac of just total rage and, uh, you know, feeling like they're an army that's fighting some final battle or something like that kind of thing against good and evil. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is one of those things where you're going to have to, at some point you're going to have to fracture that coalition and make it so that there's just police that just, Are like boring public servants again or something like that or something you know you know you're gonna have to have yeah
1: I like that thing I I don't obviously England is they have their own problems with police but they have separate police that do like traffic stuff and that they aren't involved with criminal investigations and they you know they just deal with like municipal conduct I feel like splitting the police up into those roles would be helpful
3: yeah, yeah. something, something like that. I mean, it's one of those things though that like, it's it. You kind of have to break the power of that, uh, you know, thin blue line kind of thing. Like you have to get, you have to somehow make it so that they don't feel like they're all part of some single unit that is constantly under attack. That, you know, uh, or else you're just not going to be able to, you know, I don't know. It, like I, I can't imagine right now feeling like a, I don't know like having just normal police problems in a city kind of thing, like what the police are thinking or whatever, you know, like just, you know, stuff like uh, traffic violations and all that stuff that you're talking about. Like uh, it seems like right now they're on like a strange war footing that like is is almost completely separate from what they should be doing anyway, so yeah.
0: Yeah, and I imagine they resent like the population at this point where like if someone has a problem and comes to them they're just like, fuck you, we don't care. Like you were were throwing (laughs) rocks at us,
3: so blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I really that? like the
2: idea of making them like boring public servants. I think we should like outfit all the cops in like mailman uniforms. Make yeah. them carry like the little bag. Yeah.
0: I think they should have very inconvenient uh, outfits that are just difficult to run in and difficult <laughs> to like move around in. Like it, almost like <laughs> yeah. <a> really <laughs> yeah, puffy,
2: like an old like Victorian snowstorm. dress. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: <laughs> Every. Every cop has to wear a heavy wool cloak, and their their division badge is the brooch <laughs> that holds it. <laughs> a really oh, big beautiful. floppy hat like, it's always in their face. <laughs> the the color and length of the feather denotes their rank and role within the police. <laughs> they have a really long cape you know
0: pointy <laughs> shoes that stick out like half a foot yeah. <laughs> yeah the
1: like those mexican uh boots with that curl up at the end of <laughs> yeah. style yeah yeah
3: yeah and their cars <laughs> have to have limiters that only go like 30 miles an hour or something the, because the, the, that's who,
1: the worst yeah. thing you can do to a cop is—it's not to call them a pig. It's to unroll their their rolled up elf boots and nail the ends of the boots <laughs> down to the ground so they can't get yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man,
2: the Hong Kong method.
1: <laughs> oh. Hong Kong Fui what do you think he would be doing in this protest do you think he'd be at home taking care of his son Augie doggie or would he be out standing up against injustice
0: I think he'd be swinging that guitar around and bashing people over the head with it yeah or am man. I thinking He's... of someone else uh I that you, is quick
1: drama McGraw, my friend El Kabong from the crew oh yeah all right yeah separate guys yeah that's of what I'm thinking the, uh, um, who's that like the cartoon horse with the, the mule friend him uh oh yeah uh fuck bojack
3: horseman (laughs) (laughs) no
0: (laughs) yeah so i don't know should we get to questions at this point
3: sure
1: Sure. uh i'm i'm pretty sure we're on gold right now we might keep digging
0: (laughs) okay well (laughs) if you have something more you want to add um
1: I'd like to uh I'd like to talk about Quickdraw McGraw.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I mother. I feel like you're
2: confused here. El Cabang and Quickdraw McGraw are the same guy. I thought you were doing a bit, but I just wanna <laughs>
1: I wanna yeah. clarify this. Well yeah, that's okay. his alter ego.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yin oh and
0: yes. I I don't remember the cartoons very I just remember like enjoying the bashing of with the guitar, like that was fun.
2: Yeah, like the like the warm seventies colors and the stupid loud crashing noises. It was very comforting. All those shows. Hong Kong Fooey and the Ape for Sale in the Fucking Window. That was the cruelest one. Magilla Gorilla. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one uh, maybe not aged so well.
1: <laughs> do you think Magilla the Gorilla had racial overtones? I, no, yeah, I well,
0: just, you know, animal rights is a big thing nowadays. So. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. They want the animals to, to vote and all that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do not think that McGilla Gorilla should vote. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I was having a a good conversation with my friend uh who who works in the in the men'swear industry about the ideal like some i i saw um i saw a a, a still or something from the My Chemical Romance Singers Netflix show called The Umbrella Academy, and there's a a chimp wearing a suit, I don't know if he's a a teacher at this academy, I I haven't watched the show, but it wasn't flattering at all, he just, it looked absurd. So I was trying to think about the ideal proportions of men suiting, you'd put on a chimpanzee or a gorilla to have them look as dignified as possible if they're going to do some, some prestigious occupation in society. Well, and, I've uh, seen some
0: of these uh, viral videos of like chimps wearing human clothing, like pet chimps that are like owned by like Chinese or Saudi rich people and stuff, and they look oh. better in them than I do. So. <laughs> I want to oh. live in a
2: culture where that's a sign of wealth. I, I, I really like that. That's something I want to strive towards is, is a clothed, very advanced marsupial.
0: Yeah, I just hope they're taking care of them and they know what they're doing and stuff, you know. I just kind of Yeah, no. Yeah, I hope it's a bubble situation. St- yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not doing. It. I mean, I'm I'm just concerned that like they just have enough money to buy whatever they want and then the animal doesn't you know, maybe they don't understand w- what kind of a habitat or whatever that they need.
1: Yeah, oh, I, yeah. That's like 95% of the exotic pet trade is oil money people and drug dealers. It's they they don't they're not exactly animal welfare specialists, but they do it better than um, a few people like say Dick Cheney, who was in charge of an ape named George W. Bush. Oh. <laughs> Boom! No more monkeys yeah. jumping on the bed. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: oh. Oh. <laughs> I miss the days when we were saying the president looked like a chimp, and then you know yeah obama got elected and we couldn't do that anymore uh, yeah.
1: yeah they take everything away from us guys they, do, they really they really do they took they took everything man i had nine cars i had nine million dollars i don't laundromat they took everything <laughs> all right let's get to questions let's see what the public wants to know
2: yeah do you want any uh, lead-in music? I got some synths plugged in here. Oh yeah, okay. please. That would be what nice. said, right. said, baby. Here we go. Let's 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 evoke curiosity here. Let's see. Is that coming through? Yep. Yeah, there we go. It's cool. I like felt like one of those silent DJs. You know, at those lame parties where they all wear headphones in the park with pillows.
1: Yeah, like
0: uh, what was the guy that just did the the Black Lives Matter techno thing that that video was going <laughs> around? It was pretty funny. He he like dedicated it to like Martin Luther King or something like that.
2: Oh God, I don't <laughs> know. I
0: love European. Yeah
2: jesus christ that's worse than the martin luther king bitcoin guy i think bringing techno into this shout out to bob marley (laughs) i once knew a fellow from portland who got a phd in techno i've always been mystified by that seven years of writing about techno you have to defend a dissertation about techno there's probably techno enthusiasts who are your opponents Intellectually,
0: I hope his dissertation is all written in like techno lyrics, kind of you know, that sort of language. You know,
1: like, we <laughs> left <lift> you up, <laughs> like citing different songs. Yeah. Rise up, rise up. <laughs> I feel all right. <laughs> Whoa, maybe these protests are all because of the popularity of people and everybody just internalized the those very generic positive messages like Rise up. keep your eyes wide <laughs> all the all the vocal vamping and the techno songs it'd be
0: fun if tucker carlson or whoever started like talking about what a menace these songs are you know <laughs> they're programming our youth to electric dance music
2: <laughs> they it's are sequencing fun. they're looping <laughs>
0: yeah okay anyway here's the first question do you like Alan Watts as a theologian so everyone here is familiar with Alan Watts I assume
2: yes yes enough yes
0: yeah so what do you guys think yeah
1: well, I remember I, a vaguely orientalist he was, thing uh, there. he was the guy who introduced Zen into western culture right like that's basically his thing
0: i don't i I maybe i don't know i don't know if i would say he introduced it or something but that's definitely like in his lane that kind of thing very new agey sort of stuff
1: well i mean you gotta say that's a a massive failure since that sort of like the western the western buddhism is the the emptiest worst of all the religions
0: yeah i'm not a big fan i gotta say but if people get something out of it and you're not like a CEO that's like using it to like for labor discipline or something then you know whatever I don't really care Uh.
1: you really need to be mindful at your job you need to be mindful of doing your job while you're at your job
0: (laughs) jobfulness
3: Uh. I think it's like a perfect like early 20s thing though to read like I think that you know I read it at that age and it helped a lot in terms of like I saw a quote of his the other day that was like trying to like blow your mind that was like oh man you know like uh, you're a bag of skin do you know that or something like that kind of thing and, it, and it's like yeah I get that like at at the time when I was like 23 or something I was like god Whoa. damn oh bag of skin. this is blowing my mind man
2: so. we're all meat brother we're all meat
3: yeah and then uh, um, I don't know I think that's fine and then uh, yeah I do think it did It did sort of uh, create that whole tendency of thinking that like Buddhism is somehow just like uh, existentialism for, you know, it's like, it's like the only religion where there's no actual religion involved or something like that, that kind of trend. And uh, I think that, uh, yeah, uh, if you like, I think if you like went to shrines in like China or Japan or something, they would just be get very confused at that idea. They'd be like, no, no, no. They're like, yeah. you don't worship your ancestors? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I imagine like Buddhists, like actual Buddhists, probably find that stuff as annoying as like I find the kind of like New Age Sufism and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: yeah. This, this seems like a good time to bring it up. I was thinking of, you know, I've been looking for direction lately, kind of, you know, rudderless in quarantine. I was thinking at the end of the show I could flip a coin, and if it's heads, I go Islam. If it's tails, I go Catholic with Don. What do you guys think of this
0: all right yeah sounds good just give Pinch me time shirt. to like you know pray and make sure that uh <laughs> oh, that's right like hey hey there's a coin flip going on just to make sure this goes
1: the right <laughs> yeah way.
2: you guys uh, both need like a prayer break that's true is that
1: not what happened with the is that the the legend of the the, the Khanate where he called in the um the christian and the uh, he called in like the christian priest and he called in a muslim and a uh, uh jewish and they like okay which religion is the best one which one's the the original one which one you know which one is most yeah which one's the og yeah letting yeah. me yeah. letting me defeat the enemies and well the christian and the muslim had to agree that like oh judaism came first and we took some of our stuff from them so he's like all right the Khanate is now jewish and you get a lot of crazy <laughs> conspiracies spiraling off of that but that, that happened it
2: happened Shit, i thought it was my cool idea it's very depressing to hear this has been
1: done no history everything has to repeat itself a thousand times within the time it's
2: true ecclesiastes i read that one i actually did <laughs>
0: This is a different story from the one where the Russians uh, were going to adopt Islam and then they learned that you can't eat pork or drink alcohol and they're like, okay, never mind. We're we're going Christian. Um, But yeah, it's fun to imagine that from a from like our modern perspective because it's almost impossible to understand that as anything other than like a reality game show kind of a thing where it's like (laughs) he's got like a stage and all the (laughs) contestants are standing there he's like you've been invited to convert the Khazars (laughs) you know Uh, okay so we'll do the coin flip at the end of the show or maybe on another episode or something we'll uh continue on yeah yeah we'll have to
2: save that one you guys gotta get your prayers in. I want this to be an even fight
0: okay yeah sounds good um. All right. How should I spend my time on Earth? I don't want a meaningless job or to have dumb conversations. Well, I think those are your two options. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the the more meaningful your job is and the more meaningful conversations you have, like the worst you're gonna end up materially. Like you'll you'll end up with some kind of her- terrible health problem and you'll be living in a in a in a truck. So really, you just gotta you gotta choose one of the two. Either you do some kind of stupid job, but you can you can hang out and talk about like the the nature of reality, or you choose the uh, the the other road, and you're you're um, having like really lame conversations about the weather and about the Detroit Lions and stuff. But your job is really cool. Like you're um, a specialist communicator to the armenian space program or something
2: yeah and all your co-workers are like similarly displaced people who don't know how to talk either and you have to like be with them after work because your job's so good it goes on too long and like spills over yeah it's it's
1: about the balance i think yeah i think it's better to have a shitty job that you
2: want to leave at 3 p.m and then you have a good life to get to
1: yeah i mean as always you have to apply the dialectic yeah, I don't know. I would
0: just say that, uh, that you know you got to understand this world is a trial. It's not it's, we're not in paradise yet, so it's going to be like that. We're yet it's not going to be all fun and games. Um, so you just got to uh, you know this this is just a little blip. Eternity's waiting. Wow. Okay. Um,
3: best dog breed. Um, I had a cocker spaniel as a kid, and I, I really liked them. I think they're so cute
1: very floppy eared dog yeah
3: i like a good like beagle mutt
2: like a really pathetic dog that has a kind of like a human looking beard you know i've had a few of those they <laughs> yeah. always have like health problems <laughs> you know you need to help them go to the bathroom can't even do that i'm a big fan is that of a jewish
0: dogs. thing to have like dogs with medical problems that's been a thing i've noticed like a pattern i think it is yeah
1: <laughs> i think it's just it's an it's an uh like an upper middle class thing where you can afford to pay your your animals medical bills and you don't just have to put them down the first time you get oh your dog's got cancer <laughs> like instead yeah. you spend six thousand dollars on treatment a year
2: yeah miami's basically like a jungle so like i just came onto these like injured animals because they wandered onto my apartment complex at some point you know okay like, it's just an endless horde of, like, you know, diseased dogs and kicked out, you know, stray cats.
1: I, I love a good old-fashioned mutt. Not Now all the mutts are, like, half Chihuahua, half Pitbull. I'm not into that, but the old-fashioned type of mutt, like Tom Sawyer might hang around with this type of mutt. I like that. And as for purebred dogs, I love the Airedale. This, they, were, uh, they were bred by Cornish miners to fight like do dog fighting and to pull otters out of their holes in river banks so that the miners could eat the otters. Shit. And that's I mean does a it, it produces an aggressive dog that doesn't like other dogs or children but if you train them they're great and they're very they're very cute. You might even say they're quite <laughs> desune.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I have an affinity for beagles because my uh, grandfather hunts with beagles in Finland. But oh. I, I really like all dogs. I, I kind of like that there's such a wide variety. I think that's really cool that you have, like, you know, they just look really different. They have different personalities and stuff. I think that's fun. Yeah.
1: That is cool. My grandfather, he also, he bred beagles and hunted with them.
0: Cool. Yeah, a lo- another similarity between us,
3: Leo.
1: Yeah. This this is a blonde Semi Nordic types. We just were basically all the same. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. All
0: right. Uh, Tom, what can we do as a society to combat the rise in racism against Laplanders and Sami people? Uh, Well, get out there and protest, start beating up the cops, you know, (laughs) Sami lives matter, all that kind of stuff
1: targeted bombings yeah
3: (laughs) you could set up barrels in your uh pubs and stuff to collect money for the Sami. get like the sra and all that Uh, oh
1: you you go to a meeting of the dairy board for your state and you they they got their nice tall glasses of milk at the podium right they're gonna show off the merchandise here's what you do in an epic prank style you replace that with reindeer milk and when everybody's gotten say about halfway through you burst through the doors you shove the security men aside you say oh you think that's cow's milk and then you just let a, a herd of reindeer rush in and you just you you know you do the sammy chant and she's like that's the blah, 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 blah. and you bang a little drum I think that's gonna that's gonna turn a lot of people onto the cause. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Like a a feminine PETA style protest.
2: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we solved that
1: one.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? Whenever whenever there's a really oddball question, I know Leo has the exact. <laughs> yeah, he's for your it. man for
1: certain. I'm a problem solver.
0: All right, so why did Marx call the French Commune the prototype for a revolutionary government in the future, and was he right?
1: Um, Is this a a homework Yeah, this is... This is is, is you can't win
2: after dark, you know, you can't hit me with these. (laughs) Um,
3: Because it was a... I don't know, he had a lot of, like, weird ideas about this. I think think that, like, it's stuff that, like, blows your mind the first time you read it. And then after a while you kind of go, wait a minute, like, like one of it is that like they were a working body so that uh, the commune was both like implementing the work and coming up with the decisions and stuff and were sort of like workers that were deciding on things. Uh, I think that sort of blew people's minds maybe like in the mid 19th century, Uh, you know, like mid to late 19th century, like that was like a big, uh, you know, innovation that you didn't just have. But we have like professional bureaucrats a lot now, and it's not like I don't know like it's like there's a lot of like weird ideas mixed into it i think that the idea the big the big idea too is that like you know they were delegated so that they could be recalled at any time, and they're like they have recall like uh you know mechanisms that you can kind of set up and stuff. I'm not sure that would you know. I don't know, like like just limits on representation and stuff are not necessarily going to produce a radical outcome. I don't know, there's a lot of these ideas that just because they were the first time that it was tried, a lot of it, uh, it seemed like shocking and new and uh, like it was going to solve the problem, but like it did not, I don't know. So, I don't know. I think it's it's still like a exciting thing to see like a city kind of self-governing and all that and like trying to solve its problems democratically instead of just you know having like one guy in charge or whatever so i don't know
1: yeah i mean he was i mean marx was still writing when there were monarchs in power and uh so you can see how that stuff would have been more exciting then yeah. than it is after you know the 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 Fordism in the bureaucratic state and all that stuff
3: yeah and i mean if you read stuff like in the communist manifesto and stuff he's saying like he, he, like, makes a comment offhand near the end, I think, where it's, like, saying about how the United States is already so democratic or something. And that was, like, you know, mid-19th century United States. So, it's, like, you know, he, I, I don't know. I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've seen people kind of, like, quoting Lenin on, like, getting rid of the police and all that kind of stuff um, from, like, early 1917, which I think is kind of funny just because he... uh. You know he like immediately reversed himself on all of that as soon as he got into power it wasn't like <laughs> it was just like he doesn't I don't know like it's like aha you know he thought this was good or whatever and it's like yeah but he had like secret police like a few months later it's like I don't know yeah he kind of it's not like I don't know I don't know how he would have he would have himself been like that was kind of dumb of me to say or something if you asked him two years later it wouldn't have been like yeah it's just because he's famous it's just that's all it is right it's like uh he's the famous revolutionary guy so what he said must be right i don't know so yeah yeah Yeah. i I still love him
0: okay next question here will get fiscal ever post at a blog or medium or something the complete troll academy stuff
3: oh the complete no i think a lot of them are deleted anyways already but like uh um, you're
2: uh you're really about I don't know. impermanence with your work. You love destroying your masterpieces. You're like Serge Gainsbourg.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I think that's I think it's funny to do that. I think it's funny to I don't know. It's just uh Yeah, but you have yeah, an endless and, uh, depth
2: of wit. Most of these assholes can't even tell a single joke. This is where your privilege is showing.
3: <laughs> I got I got messages the other day from people that were saying that I should create like a real troll academy thing or something like and I, I, I don't know, I feel like, uh, the second that I kind of take too many steps in that direction, it just, uh, I, I pretty soon I would just be a psycho who was like, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, charging like a Gali or something or whatever. Like
1: you'd have a line of nutritional supplements and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Trolling
3: yeah. masterclass, like, uh, yeah. alpha trolling brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trolling and Yeah. 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 Have like a volcano on the cover instead. (laughs) That book was powerful. (laughs) uh,
1: When I was a kid, my friend Chris, his parents were divorced, and his mom would always leave Dianetics out in the house in a in a conspicuous place, and it was almost it was almost like the the bejeweled Quran with the velvet cover on a little (laughs) pedestal. It just like there was something special in that
3: (laughs) (laughs) i remember all the like tv shows that they had like a what do you call it about it like a infomercial yeah diametics uh, everywhere and uh yeah it was pretty it was strange because it was very very it was like really really high energy and stuff but it also didn't was not clear what was going on at all yeah the <laughs> so was,
1: like... <laughs> was extreme
3: yeah you're yeah. like if i get the volcano book i'll like my life will improve but i'm not quite sure how and stuff yeah so
1: oh speaking, speaking of uh dianetics guess which famous prosecutor was a scientologist for multiple years in the 1980s anybody got sure a guess Marsha clark of the oj simpson trial really, oh, really? yeah wow. she, she was married was. to some screenwriter or an actor who was a scientologist and so she converted and she was a member of the church i don't know how she got out without you know the targeted harassment that they do but yeah. she was a real deal but she was fide. i don't know what her ot level was but she was in the mix yeah. spooky and maybe i mean i'm not i'm not gonna do an alternate history thing here but let's say she stays in the church and her ot level goes up and up she learns several new texts some incredible texts oj is not gonna pull a fast one over her with the glove and all the the racial the racial incitement like she's she's gonna be operating at a mental level Beyond sure.
3: the greatest chess
1: grandmasters.
3: Yeah, yeah. He could have... Uh, she could have uh, done E-meter on him, like, uh, on the stand and stuff. Oh. Like, gotten special, like, uh, special permission to, like, bring in the new tech and stuff and really... Yeah, uh, the
1: the jurors would see it right then and there, the the lying with the when the e meter uh told the secrets of his soul. Uh, yeah. Well the, not his soul, the the thetan that, oper- yeah. that that was inside his body controlling him like yeah. a puppet.
3: But then somehow he would still get off because they would like judge that it wasn't actually him, it was like the thetan know, that was yeah, trapped yeah. in him. Yeah. Shit. <laughs>
1: yeah. All roads lead to Rome, baby. yeah
2: I used to just hang outside the uh, Scientology building in Berlin which is this amazing Bauhaus building it's like one of the only nice buildings in Berlin I would just watch the people come in and out and they were like the most decrepit like oldest German aristocrats you could imagine like their skin melting (laughs) off like they have sort of lost their country and their ideology so they had to turn to thetans now you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah It's great how much uh, the old uh, evil German and uh, European, Central European, Western European, all the, their elite. It's great how much they worship death and horror and uh, <laughs> just how ghastly and, and monstrous they are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inside. Yeah, <laughs> they're a real. They're a real hoot. <laughs>
2: That's why they're so m- mild-mannered you know they're all like really really deeply evil There's just a black hole there
1: it's dark and it's black and i have another i have a speaking of black books and dark messages i got a message for the portland scientology center which is also in a very nice it's like an art deco skyscraper and not a lower yeah they have skyscraper. some great buildings they will not let you use the bathroom even if you have to go really badly and they're very rude about it <laughs> Fuck them <Motherfuckers>, <laughs> <laughs> i hate people that are like that yeah, that's just I mean, so inhuman. i have to use the bathroom i'm not going in there to cook meth or something mm-hmm. i'm just a man sometimes i need to use a toilet it, it just you make- makes you want to like drop trial and just
0: do it right in their lobby you know exactly
2: now, what you do is you get the e-reader test and then you piss yourself while they're asking you questions. And then you just say, oh, it, it was so intense, you know?
0: Yeah, then you can sue them. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's foolproof. It's the perfect crime.
0: Yeah, that, that was definitely a good life decision, I think, to <laughs> the Scientologists. <laughs> hmm. Okay, let's move on to the next question here. Uh, have you guys read anything by Nassim Nicholas Taleb? I find him interesting and his Twitter presence amusing, especially his phrase BS vendors, but I can't say I really understand most of his work. And I also struggle to find anyone on the left who engages with his stuff. Have either of you read much of it? So I have not.
1: Don, have you, have you, have you Leo
3: or no? Yeah. 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 I
1: read, I read uh, uh, several of his books. Uh, basically his, his, uh, his, his claim to fame was he wrote, Uh, black swan after the financial crisis and he's just talking about uh ergodicity and fat tail risk like like this the common um economics models would use really simple statistics that don't take in the ergodicity into account and that's why they failed and he writes he writes in really simple terms about why uh like conventional wisdom in a lot of these fields and just are what you'd call Western conventional wisdom, why it's wrong. And he, he's, really, he's really into Mediterranean culture and like Phoenicians. And he, he, his, his sort of proposal is that the, the, if we would think more like Mediterraneans, we would have a, a better society. He he's cool. I I got no problems with Nicholas. He he does good. He does a good job, and he gives he gives his books away for free if you're a poor man, so you can get the PDFs without a problem. Ooh, that sounds good. That's cool. Yeah.
0: I do think like afternoon naps would be a, a good good thing to introduce to our culture.
2: Yeah, little, yes. little siestas. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm actually. I have the. I pulled out the books the other day, and I was gonna read through them just because they do have like a lot of little. I don't know, like, it's it's written really a lot of it, like, a, as aphorisms and stuff, and like, it's, it, he writes, it, it, I don't know, it, he writes in a certain way that I find infuriating at some level, because it's just a lot of it is, it's like, uh, it's like pronouncements and stuff kind of thing, like, I am, he's like, uh, he's saying it as if he's like, some super genius or something that's figured it out, and a lot of the time, it's more that he's like, saying something that's pretty simple, that people miss and stuff and so I think it's 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 good I, like I like it because it's like a it's like just fun kind of uh like pop stuff to read kind of thing but like it's also like I don't know I, I it's not it's not the style that I'm used to so it's like uh, I find it hard to get through sometimes but yeah I mean the yeah the basic uh, the thing that like Leo was saying is that his kind of one of his insights is this idea that like uh there's there's always a lot of uh, economic models, or any type of model, really, there's like low risk things, or low like low likelihood things, that have so large effects that if they happen, they swamp everything that in the model, kind of thing. Like they they dominate the model in that respect, and uh, that is so common that those occur in reality because there's just like a, it's almost like a reality is like a sequence of those events happening then, because. Uh, so therefore the larger models often have no relevance really. So, so something like an example would probably be something like the, um, the pandemic or something maybe where, uh, you know, there was maybe like a small chance that we kind of knew in the back of our heads or something, maybe that a pandemic would happen someday. And then, uh, you know, we would, uh, um, it would like destroy a lots of, you know, economic growth and all that kind of stuff. But there's no, you know, day-to-day, there was no no real planning for that in our models, really. Like, there was maybe, like, some people had things day-to-day that they kind of thought about. it. it wasn't integrated into our decision-making at all. So that, like, once, you know, it, it, it kind of emerges on us as a total surprise and uh, makes all of the other predictions that we made just look stupid in retrospect because... Uh, you know, it, it, it's the the random thing. And it's the same kind of thing, you know, the example that he gives us, you know, with like the financial crisis and stuff where, you know, all the people looking at it before in 2006 and stuff were probably, most of them were like, well, you know, for a total crash to happen, 10, 10 things would happen at the same time that would all go wrong. And because that's extremely unlikely, we don't have to, you know, build that into our models much. And uh, all 10 things did go wrong. So therefore you know, stuff like that. I don't know. I find that interesting. But yeah, he does have like a kind of a pompous way of speaking that, and he like, ridicules people a lot and stuff. And so, uh I don't know, I kind of was wary about it at that level too. So, and there's also people that kind of, you know, there was someone on the ray zone that said the opposite, that like, that like all this kind of stuff in risk management is actually overcompensated for, that like they you know worry about risk too much which i don't know if that's true but that was kind of their grievance about it so i don't know
2: yeah it's it's like really hard to write that aphoristic type of literature without sounding like you know a nietzsche asshole like a rating from the top of a beautiful swiss mountain
3: yeah he has like a aphorism kind of thing that he talks about a lot i think he has a new book it's called like a relevant recent book called like skin in the game and it is true that like I don't know. It's even just hearing that, like saying or something, I was kind of thinking about that. That's why I pulled out the books. Cause I was like, there is this kind of truth that like, I don't know, it's like a good sorting thing for Twitter and stuff is that like, you kind of have to think what percentage involvement or whatever, or like what involvement you have in a particular problem or issue or whatever. And it's relevance to you because otherwise you're just kind of blowing hard about whatever kind of thing, you know? So you know if you're not willing to like sort of quantify it or put it into your model or you know actually build it into your life somehow then it's like what's the point kind of thing so yeah
1: i think yet to tie to tie this back to what we were talking about earlier with the pictures of of texts and the pronouncements about what we should do about the police there's a part in skin in the game where he's talking about academia becoming like an athletic contest where the first person to do something is is the best and gets the gets the rewards right
2: and academia and, like in its nature is much closer to how you guys are describing this guy which is like conventional wisdom is wrong somehow that got flipped over in the past few hundred years
1: yeah and uh, he then he's he's talking he talks about wittgenstein or wittgenstein i mean and uh he says that Anything that smacks of competition destroys knowledge. And, and philosophy, the winner is the one who finishes last, which makes it makes sense because obviously the truth is going to be the thing you arrive at after you get
3: it wrong several
1: times.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and there is this kind of a tendency, especially you know in political culture, to discount people that have learned it all or something like that, kind of thing. Like there's it's you know the people that have been kind of the most helpful even to like the left-wing cause so far in the last few years have really been people that were almost like preserved in ice 40 years ago or something and unlocked and like you know like yeah. Bernie Sanders or Corbyn or something where they haven't really you know because uh there's like a huge tendency in politicians to just get worse now and not learn from anything and not they just uh you know they just uh, there's no like yeah i don't know there's no there's no you get
1: get punished for growth because the the ideology is so fixed yeah so i always wonder that yeah they these people who can uh they i mean they they adapt but they start with the like a a reasonable framework and get sidelined and then all of a sudden there's there's you know we can tell we're on the precipice of a crisis we're like hey what do we do now this guy who was there the last time this happened.
0: Yep. All right, guys. Should we do one more?
2: Yeah.
1: Sure.
0: Okay. Okay. The other day I encountered an Australian. He called me a Sheila and threw a Foster's beer can at my head. <laughs> when will someone come up with a final solution for these nasty parasites down under? <laughs> that was so... supposed to be the
2: final solution was Australia. They just happened to make lemonade <laughs> out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah I'll wear shorts yeah. and like harass people <laughs> do Molly and shit
0: I gotta say though the Foster's beer can is sort of uh, I don't know that doesn't seem right Australians don't really do that Foster's stuff right
1: Uh, I don't know I think they'd probably be upset by the by the caricature I, I thought the final solution for Australia was the whole, was that go Whitlam uh, coup thing that put Australia permanently under the U.S. in the, you know, in the hegemony.
2: Oh, I'm not familiar with what you're talking yeah. about. Once again, you've stumped everybody.
1: Basically, uh, this guy called Kerr was a, a CIA asset, Sir Malcolm Kerr, I think his name is, I... I, I I'm trying to do this off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, sorry. yeah, we sort of asked you to show your work immediately. Anyway,
1: anyway uh, Whitlam wanted to uh, get rid of the U.S. military presence in Australia, and he was in you know, kind of a democratic socialist type of guy. And um, so the CIA set up a, a coup for him, and um, they were they were successful. The guy who's the guy who succeeded him in the coup had a really failed career, but they haven't been able to get you know independent of our you know uh, umbrella since then. And I think I think Australians, the ones who aren't in the, their political class. If you talk to Australian people, just they're really disgusted by the people, they their yeah. politicians, and they they're sort of worship of. Uh, any second rate or third rate u k type like politician uh political scientist advisor academic who comes to Australia and they just expect to be treated like they're still the the masters and they they get that treatment <laughs> it sucks it it's uh i don't know i don't i'm am not i am not sure where I'm going with this answer but I think Australia needs to rise up and um, become the leader of a new non-aligned nations movement uh, and, uh, let's see, stop um, digging holes in in the interior because the island's going to sink.
3: Yeah, well, I think they have to sort of... uh, Right now, they're almost like a South Africa white enclave in the Southeast, and I think that what they need to do is... Um, build a federation with Indonesia mm-hmm. and uh, the countries around them. Uh, Socialist United States of uh, I don't know, like uh, the Pacific or something. It's all these yeah, seven-foot-tall yeah. guys Pacific like rim. lumbering
2: through fucking Indonesia. I think that sounds great.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and then um, and have freedom of movement within that too, so that just basically disappears within a few years. And um, <laughs> yeah, I think that would be fine. Um, that would be that would be like a working start and then yeah we'll see what happens after that they need to expand their broadband
0: access too i know that's a big thing
1: oh yeah they're always getting they're always getting those hard caps on the broadband
0: yeah gamers rights <laughs> gamers <laughs> right man i saw a really funny clip i don't know exactly what it's from if it's like from a tv show or a movie or something but it was obviously australian and it's like kind of like a war room you know it's got like all the generals and the president or prime minister whatever it is in australia and they're all like around this table and they're talking about like their you know their policy and their plans and stuff and so the guy's like let me get this straight so we want to increase the military budget and they're like yep and we want to do this to protect our country and like yep in particular our trade routes yep And we are protecting them from China. And they're like, yep, yep, China. And our primary trade partner is China. So (laughs) we're protecting our trade route to China from China. And they're like, yes. And no one sees a problem with this. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, does anyone happen to know what that clip is from? I'd like to watch the whole thing. No, no, I don't. I don't, know. Okay. I'll just have to keep an eye out then. Um, all right. Well, I I guess uh, that'll do it for this episode. I guess we'll wrap it up here. Thanks for yeah. coming on, guys. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. It,
1: was, it was beautiful to talk to you all. I'm yeah, sorry. that was wonderful. Um, I'm sorry I didn't have more anecdotes about um, wearing masks and, uh, you know, things like that.
2: I, I think like, people
0: are kind of tired of
1: that.
2: Yeah, anyways, yeah. That's you know? like the only thing people can talk about. You know, we're... We're a bunch of transgressive, problematic dudes. You know, we're we're gonna buck the trends. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys. If you
0: would like to have another episode of You Can't Win every week, you can subscribe to our Patreon, and you will get that, and you will also get access to our Discord, where you can chat with us and our community. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next.